0: Hello and welcome to to this edition of PointCast. I'm your host, Francine Dash, and in studio I have Miss Arwilda Allen, a past guest of of ours who's coming in to talk to us about um, what's most likely going to be happening uh, during this election season with politicians, going into religious organizations, churches primarily, politicking, and the tradition of politicians going into black churches in particular. We also have sitting in with us the host of Recap, Joshua High. So I want to thank both of you guys for being a part of this discussion. Before we get into this, uh, Ms. Orwilda, if you want to take a moment and just remind our guests of your story and who you are
1: absolutely thank you so much for having me again i love this uh and thank you so much you're doing an excellent job i love your podcast thank you very articulate thank great you. guest uh so thank you very much i am Arwelda allen i am I was born in 1940 Ooh, wow wow i'm not gonna tell you the rest <laughs> i am the eldest of 14 I have been married twice. Mm -hmm. I was born in Louisville, Kentucky, raised in Jeffersonville, Indiana. I worked for corporate for about 40 years. I've been everything from a waitress to owning my own business, which is what I do now. And believe me, owning your own business Is best. Did I say I've been married twice? You
0: did. Uh, Did I tell you how many boyfriends I had along the way? Uh,
1: And so I also consider myself, and I say consider myself, a Christian. And I love life.
0: There you go. Well, that sounds good to us. That sounds good right now. Absolutely. With all that experience, I'm sure you have something to say about the tradition of politicians going into black churches to stump, to get people to vote for them, or to lean in their direction. Uh, The reason why I wanted to have this discussion is that it was brought to my attention by another past guest who happens to also be a pastor that um, he is just appalled at the fact that black churches are still allowing this tradition to continue. And from his standpoint, it was really taking advantage. They were putting their 501c3 standing in jeopardy. But what was also stated in the comments is that it was just immoral. Okay. So there's the uh, legal side of it. And then there's the moral side of it. And there's probably some things in between. All right. So let's start with just having a politician come up into the pulpit at your church. Tell me, how do you feel about this?
1: So right before I tell you how I feel, he's right about a couple of things as far as the legal situation is concerned. Uh, Churches do not pay taxes. Uh, on the money that they raise in the church. So basically that means uh, church and state should be separate. Mm -hmm. Now if you want to give up paying that, you decide that, okay, we want to pay taxes, uh, then fine. Mm -hmm. So legally, um, that's the legal side of it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So how do I feel? I can remember all the way back to uh, Jeffersonville, Indiana. I'm a uh, missionary Baptist. Uh, so and, you're part
0: of the evangelical wing
1: You know somebody told me that I think it was you <laughs> <laughs> But I'm part of evangelical And I almost <laughs> died Because uh, I consider myself Protestant <laughs> and I, So I started reading up On uh, politics and evangelical mm-hmm. uh, And uh, blacks in particular And certain parts of evangelical Are not a part of the Let's say quote unquote Donald Trump evangelical We're okay. not
2: Okay.
1: All right, so how do I feel? Uh, I can remember as a teenager being excited that Amir comes in. uh, And, of course, he was was Caucasian. uh, To, um, you know, the minister would get up and he would announce him. And the minister was always uh, so excited. And keep in mind that the only reason they're there is because the ministers let them. And I think that's the the first problem. It wasn't a vote from the church, and we said let's have him. We really had no say. So he was announced on Sunday morning. He mm-hmm. showed up, mm-hmm. uh, and you know we all were supposed to stand up and clap and be very excited that he was there. And he's there saying how wonderful it is to be here, and to what all he's going to do. And we should certainly uh, consider him um, and vote for him. Mm-hmm. So that's the feeling. Uh, That was there and uh, (laughs) needed to say that was the first and the last time I ever saw him at at my church. (laughs) Uh, That has not changed. Mm. Uh, I I think that in and of itself speaks volumes. Uh, Anyone that gets your attention and they come up and they're only doing it once and you never see them again. It speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that we have to first educate ourselves about. What are politics? Mm-hmm. What are politics? What do politics really mean? Uh, I will guarantee you can ask one in ten and maybe two is going to get the answer right. Mm-hmm. So we have to educate ourselves first. So in that respect to all ministers that are listening uh, educate your congregations first. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have politicians come in and when I say educate them I don't mean educate them about Republican and Democrat. Mm-hmm. I educate them about what politics do or don't do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what none of us are very uh, good at is once we go through maybe hoops and hurdles to elect people mm-hmm. uh, and then we get them in office and we kind of act as though we're done. Mm-hmm. No, that is just the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not going to hold their feet to the fire, uh, follow up and see what they're doing and see, see why, you take a deep breath and you say you're done. Mm-hmm. You kind of get what you deserve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um, so having said all of that no I'm not in favor of it mm-hmm. I'm not in favor of uh, some man unknown coming to my church I have my children I have my grandchildren mm-hmm. uh, I have people uh, that are all I'm trying to talk about education mm-hmm. different walks of education mm-hmm. and you have this man up front that the man that Really, we should be holding accountable for that are the ministers. So he made this decision to do that to his congregation mm-hmm. um, without the education.
0: Why do you think some ministers, some clergy people feel that it's either important or okay to allow politicians to come into their houses of worship? What, in what way is it truly benefiting the church?
1: I'm going to say what's on my heart. This is always about power and money. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it tends to make them feel better within themselves. You know, uh, look at me. I was able to get the mayor here, and I'm just so excited. Mm -hmm. And maybe the mayor does things for them on the side that we have no knowledge of. Mm -hmm. Um, Other than that, they've never explained to me why they're there. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Uh, So you, you have to assume that they are getting something out of it. And Mm -hmm. what they might be getting is some personal slaps on the back, um, some personal, um, (laughs) just some personal advantages perhaps that the whole congregation is not gonna get. What leads you
0: to that opinion? What in your experience leads you to believe that there might be some personal benefit for the clergy or for a minister to allow politicians to come into their churches?
1: Because there's no follow-up. Mm-hmm. If, if I, as a minister, and this is what I believe in my heart, that I would allow mm-hmm. someone to come here for my congregation mm-hmm. and I personally wasn't getting anything, why would I let him come back next year? Mm-hmm. Uh, if he never came back again or if I'm not a part of what is he doing? Or uh, I just believe that you let him come once and that's all. Mm-hmm. Then as a minister, what was your motives?
2: hmm hmm mm-hmm.
0: Do you think there's ever a time when religion and politics should intersect? And if so, in what spaces?
1: Well, religion and politics basically has always intersecting, especially what we went through as as blacks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Were it not for churches and politics getting together, Mm -hmm. uh, as as far as segregation and what we went through, uh, it would not have happened. Anyone that says is what I was not paying attention. Mm -hmm. So um, there are going to be some times, whether we like it or not, so I think that we should structure it, Mm -hmm. and we should try to understand it, and we should be educated about Mm -hmm. about it. So are there some times? Uh, Yes. Uh, Not on Sunday mornings, Mm -hmm. not just during the election time, um, and we have to figure it out. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. What do you think about the tactic that I see? And, and I've had some comments come in. We poll, for, for people listening, we poll our guests, and we keep open lines of communications with our guests. And from time to time, they share their opinions. The other side of this discussion is the collaboration or the integration of primarily white evangelical churches with what was formerly called the Tea Party, now just the Republican Party, and being a part of promoting candidates, not necessarily in their churches, but in their communities. Isn't that essentially the same thing?
1: Ask me the question again. So Isn't saying- it
0: essentially the same thing, even though it's a different space where uh, religious people, evangelicals primarily, are coming together to promote or support certain elected officials? Now, this is primarily happening on the Republican side uh, because of this marriage that you we're seeing now between evangelicals and the Republican Party. But they're not in the church, right? They're in the street, they're in the courthouse, they're in the White House, but they're doing essentially the same thing, are they not?
1: Yes, absolutely, they're essentially doing the same thing. Um, it, it is different, and and here's one reason it's different, guys. Um, The church is an institution. Mm -hmm. It's a brick-and-mortar institution. It stands for different things. Uh, There's a total different feeling when you're in my church uh, than when I'm on.
0: In your physical church. In my
1: physical church than when I'm on the street uh, and I'm having an opinion and we're sharing those opinions.
0: But what if a representative of the organization with the organization's name and the organization buy-in supports candidates and encourages people to give money to candidates or encourages people to vote for candidates. I mean, it's, it's, it started in the pulpit, but now it's its own machine, as is, is it appears, to people who may not be as religious or may be religious. But what it appears to be is a system, a workaround, a workaround from having them in the pulpit and having them come into that space and really going out to the politicians, going out to where they are. So does the space really matter if the church is still involved?
1: Indianapolis is a great place where we can actually see what happened when that did happen. Uh, We have a church Mm -hmm. who, um, the pastor, Mm -hmm. the minister, Mm um, was very much involved in politics. Mm -hmm. He actually became, um, uh, assistant to the mayor. Right. Um, and let me just say this about him. I liked him a lot. Mm -hmm. He was very, um, hands on. He was, um, approachable. Mm -hmm. You could speak to him. It was very hands on. He was, he was with the mayor and he tried very hard to do both
0: and I think he still is he may still be with them. no okay
1: no I think that (laughs) failed okay (laughs) uh I think it failed he came under a lot of criticism Mm, mm -hmm. uh every word he said uh was taken out of con context content um I think he had issues in his own church because of it, mm. and he had, and then the mayor had issues. Because the mayor was torn as to, do I support some of the things that he said, or do I distance myself mm-hmm. uh, because I'm still a politician? Mm-hmm. And then what was caught in the middle of all that, of course, was his church. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the members of his church mm-hmm. as to, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. You know, I love my pastor, but he's gone too far, mm-hmm. or he said or he, it did not work well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what I hope happens is this, is that even though um, your pastor allows politicians to come to your church, that you still think as an individual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my pastor, I hope, can tell me about... Uh, fornication and adultery Mm -hmm. and stealing and murder Mm -hmm. and robbery. Mm -hmm. I don't want him telling me who to vote for.
0: Mm. Okay, okay. I think that's fair. Fair and duly noted, duly noted. Let's go ahead and shift gears at this time and let's talk about some of the issues that because there are a lot of things that are on a lot of people's minds with this upcoming election Um, and I want to understand and want to learn from you about the issues that are are a burden on your heart as you look at those who are running for the the presidency on the Democrat side and for our own President Trump currently and some of the initiatives that he's trying to drive forward and really trying to understand first, what issues matter most to you and then toward whom you are most leaning, okay? So let's start with the issues. What are people not talking about that you want them to talk about?
1: A lot of people are talking about the economy. So... Let's say the economy is fine. We all know that the economy really took a turn when Obama came in. I think people forgetting that. Obama started to turn around. Uh, that was one thing I thought he was great at, mm-hmm. was turning the economy. If you think you can just come in office one day, and six months later, the economy is up and it's all you, uh, that's what I talk about, edging your, educating yourself about life, first of all. Mm-hmm. In politics, it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So let's say the economy is up. Who is that up for It's up for the rich and famous. In other words, it's really not the man on the bottom. Everyone is still working at McDonald's. Uh, People that are working two and three jobs. uh, And I don't know how many of you are bringing home a much bigger paycheck so there's a lot of farce going on mm-hmm. and people need to understand that mm-hmm. when you know for yourself that it's not touching you mm-hmm. it means it's not touching a lot of people mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. beyond the economy let's go beyond the economy cuz right now everyone says it's doing wonderful mm-hmm. it isn't but let's go past that <laughs> so number one for me is and and how we get along together mm-hmm. that's just number one civility civility um when you so when you talk about that, you have to talk about racism. We even have to talk about people that bump into each other that say "excuse me" and "thank you." Uh, we everything that pops in your head should be said. Now I'm not one of those that should be talking because everything that <laughs> pops in my head, I say it. Work in progress. <laughs> uh, but I, I I think what matters to me a lot now is. Uh, Can we get back to being uh, Americans? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Can we all get back to, can we start there?
0: Is that the same as make America great again?
1: Oh, for crying out loud, no. (laughs) Make America, you know, at one time I would have thinking, oh, you know, that's, no, 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 no. Um, America is great. Mm -hmm. How do we hold on to it? Mm -hmm. And it's not make America great again. America's always been great. Um, it's like rearing children. No matter what, your children are yours and you love them. Do they have issues? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Are there things that be, need to be changed? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And how do we do it? But in the meantime, while I'm trying to work on the child that isn't what I want it to be, I'm wrong if I alienate all of my 13 other children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, things need to be worked upon, but not so much that I'm willing to alienate everyone else.
0: How does a politician legislate civility? I mean, where would one begin? Is it just starting the discussion, or is it something more?
1: It's definitely something more. You can talk and talk and talk, but actions speak louder than words. Mm. So, yes, you have to have the discussions, but you have to mean them. Um, You... I don't know, let's just do it this way. You can't say you're, that you're here to put uh, us all back together and love one another, mm-hmm. and let me just be very frank, and then you give an award to Rush Limbaugh. Mm-hmm. I, that was just the most humiliating uh, thing that I've ever seen mm-hmm. from a president. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So his what was it, actions what was, speak what was, much, much, much louder than words.
0: What was it about the Rush Limbaugh? Uh, there's been a lot of talk, You're Not the Only One, about Rush Limbaugh receiving the award as he did. It's usually a separate ceremony for those who are not aware. It's a much more somber ceremony. It's not, there is no theater as as we had there uh, in the sense that people are brought together. It is made very clear as to this person's contributions to the fabric and fiber of American society and then this great honor is bestowed upon their legacy, right? Um, and it's usually after a life well lived, some would say. Uh, so with that being said, um, is it the uh, environment that it was given in? Is it the person? Is it, what, what is, is it that the first lady put it around his neck? What are the elements that came together <laughs> to, to make this a rub for you?
1: First of all, he did a couple of. Um, I have to give I have to give him Give it to him. He tried to be tactful. He did a lot of things for minorities, you know. First, uh, and 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 Rush Limbaugh was the. You mean President Trump? Oh, yes, I mean so. President Trump. When mm-hmm. I say that mm-hmm. on his uh, State of the Union address, a couple of the I think that he shoved it in our faces for Rush Limbaugh, he just come back feeling really good about. Impeachment, not impeachment whatever happened there. Mm -hmm. And um, the fact that, uh, and I I don't mean this um, to be mean or anything, but the fact that he also took into account that Rush Limbaugh might not be here very much longer. Mm -hmm. So let me hurry up and give this to him and slam dunk America and let America know who I really am. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trump does that every day. It amazes me that people aren't paying attention to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, People are afraid. Everybody's afraid to say what's really going on. Mm -hmm. More Americans have to step up, uh, those that don't have to be politically correct like me, and say what's really going on. Rush Limbaugh was a slap in our faces.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I don't care what kind of health he's in. Mm -hmm. It was a slap in our faces, Mm -hmm. and it was bestowed upon us by who? Mr.
3: Trump. I'd say he's also a slap in our faces, too. Yes.
0: Right. Um, What about the gentleman? I don't know if either of you remember the name of the African-American Tuskegee Airman who was there. Um, Did either of you feel that maybe he could have been a recipient
1: of said award? Could have, should have been.
3: Yeah, I'd I'd say that that's that's fair.
1: He he could have, he should have been, absolutely. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm um we talked about civility and we talked about and you're speaking as though you don't think that's going to come from our current president is there anyone who's standing out to you or is there someone who isn't running who you think would be a great person to bring this discussion to the fore and help america grow to another level
1: I'll tell you who I thought might be secretly thinking about it, and I think everyone has pushed her that way and it's not going to happen, and and that is Mrs. Obama. <laughs> I think that Michelle could still be a dark horse and beat everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, I'm assuming, is not going to happen. Is there anyone out there that I feel this ground swelling for? No. No. And it's, it's, it's sad to say... Um, I I'm sorry but I I still want someone that can beat Trump. It, and and I say this because of this, guys. We got to stop the bleeding. Another 4 years of the bleeding that we have isn't isn't going to work. All of these other social issues that we have, drugs, racism, education, poverty, violence, economy, uh, and there's another big animal out there that people aren't paying attention to, and that is, what does the world think of America right now? Mm -hmm. Who are our allies? Uh, I think just when we saw the little group, and I don't know if you guys saw it, Mm -hmm. Trump was overseas doing one of his things, and there was a small little group over there. Yes, I saw they were talking. uh, Mm -hmm. Laughing at him and making fun of him. I'm telling you something, guys. That is what they really think of America right now.
0: I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is, uh, my computer has kind of gone awry, so we're going to ignore that. Yeah, it's taken over. Actually, what people are hearing, if they can hear that, is the speech of, can I give this to you to put out there, of uh, Trump that he gave. Uh, where he gave the Medal of Honor to uh, Rush Limbaugh, yes. but the airman—I wanted to get his name. His Tuskegee. name is uh, Tuskegee Airman is uh, Charles McGee, yes. Brigadier General Charles yes. McGee. He's a hundred years old. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, it would have been a great honor to bestow upon him for such a uh, the tremendous sacrifice that he made in protecting this country—an opportunity lost, unfortunately. Um, So we talked about someone who you would like to run. We talked about civility. Do you think civility is the issue that affects all other issues? Can we have a a civil discussion and come to an agreement on an immigration plan? Can we have a civil discussion and come to an agreement on a health care plan? Can we have a civil discussion? Or is the atmosphere too toxic for us to, to even have A civil discussion on anything do we have to fight it out first and then the last people standing after they're weary from the fight then become civil is that what civility is
1: I think civility right now is going to be tough Mm -hmm. I think everybody is so angry Uh, I'm angry at Republicans Uh, we had the the gentleman the young gentleman that was here um, and I get angry when I hear young people not understanding really what we're going through and how we need to resolve this. Uh, I have so much anger myself, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm willing to just, just state it. I have so much anger because there was a time when I thought we'd come so far. Mm-hmm. Stupid me. We weren't paying attention. Mm. And and I talked to a gentleman that—
0: What uh, did we miss? Because there, I want to say that the, there's a lot of anger in uh, parts of white America. In uh, that, you know, I don't, I don't know how we miss this. You know, we always talk about not being heard as, as African-Americans or other groups will talk about not being heard. But to have um, primarily people who are challenged socioeconomically, um, white, some people say it's because of entitlement. It can be a, a lot of different things, but for whatever reason, just not being heard. And some of them in some of these rural areas not doing very well. How did we miss that? so blatantly how was that so lost on us
1: well it's amazing that um, we missed it when other people didn't miss it Uh, Trump did not miss that Uh, Hillary Clinton made a a comment that he was able to tap into angry white men I can't uh, get that out of my mind when she said it tap into angry white men and my first thought was Why do white men have anything to be angry about? Mm -hmm. Uh, But they did. Mm -hmm. They felt that they were losing a lot. Uh, Obama didn't help it, and he had hurt a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Just the thought that a black man uh, had more than they had. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Uh, So they were out there, and they got lost because they're not a group of people that people think are hurting. Mm So, everyone kind of passes them by. Are they, the other thought is, well, you know, you're a white man. You can be rich if you want to. If you can, it's your fault. So, you have, you have that thought out there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and again, I think um, it's, it's about men. Uh, so, um, they were losing, That uh, no one was paying attention to it. I'm still not quite sure uh, that I consider them a group of, of losers. I don't.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it doesn't matter
2: uh, mm-hmm. if
1: that's how you feel. Mm-hmm. So I think that's how they feel. It should have been addressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are Americans. They live here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you know, if I want to, which I do believe, encompassing and trying to get as many people happy as possible, mm-hmm. there is no utopia. You know, it's not going to happen. Right. But how do we miss it? And we didn't miss it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Hopefully, uh, Hillary missed it. She took it for granted. Uh, hopefully, whoever runs for election now, if won't miss it.
0: Do you think it's possible to bring a group of people together who feel stigmatized by the whole deplorable comment together with uh, people who are trying to immigrate to this country together with African-Americans still wondering if there will be some sort of um, strides toward uh, equalizing the playing field for them, whether it's the government paying them what has been owed to their ancestors through whatever incentives exist, through international relationship. I mean, how do is there is it possible to bring in a in a broad way, not that everybody's gonna agree on everything, but in a broad kind of coalition way, bring all of those groups together and move us forward as a country. Because of the, the fighting This is where I'm going. In the infighting makes us prime picking for divisive forces outside of our country Mm -hmm. to come in and exploit uh, our people, our resources, our land, our our intellectual property. Uh, It's an emergency.
1: Uh, And I don't think, again, we talk about educating ourselves. Very few people Mm -hmm. are recognizing what an emergency it is. Mm Uh, if I was Russia and China and uh, North Korea, who else are our enemies? I would just be sitting back waiting, laughing my butt off, uh-huh. uh, and, but not only laughing, but being very smart about this. Uh-huh. Anybody thinks, that I think that America does understand this, the people that actually control America, we don't know who they are yet, but <laughs> I think that they are damnly paying attention. Uh-huh. And, uh they're thinking that we're not paying attention, mm-hmm. uh, so they're just waiting. This is a great time. America is very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Or you know, Trump has managed to alienate most of our allies, so they will come to our rescue only after duress. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we? What are we going to do? So now we're in a serious situation. It's not just domestic. Um, my great, uh, one of my. Uh, bucket list has been to travel to Europe extensively not now Mm -hmm. people hate Americans
2: Mm
1: -hmm. so I would be petrified uh, to go Mm -hmm. to outside of America right now Mm -hmm. and I don't think any Americans have ever felt that before
0: Mm mm-hmm As we enter to this part of the the podcast where we're kind of closing out, I wanted to give Joshua, if you had any final thoughts or questions for our guest, an opportunity to either share in commentary form or if you have a question or if you just want to raise an issue for us to think about moving forward.
3: So I I do have two two very specific thoughts. The first is that um, I agree in that discourse is one of the biggest things that we need to Get back in order to move America forward. We talked about this before on we the podcast. Did. We did. Um, I think that that's one of the biggest issues plaguing, plaguing current day America is that we don't have the ability to have a conversation, because if you're against me, you are my enemy, and if that means you look different than me, sometimes that even means you can get shot. Yes. So I think that it's important that we learn, we as a, a people, relearn how to be different and make that be OK. And then from there, we can move ourselves forward with whatever we need to do to make it okay for everyone. Because you're, you're right, there's no utopia. There, there are too many different people here mm-hmm. in America for us to find one solution that fits everyone. Mm-hmm. So I think that what we need to do is move forward in a way that makes everyone okay. hmm and that, that should be how we would proceed. Mm-hmm. But actually, there's one thing I want to go back to, to the very beginning of the episode, yes. um, in regards to um, political people in black churches.
0: Mm-hmm. Please.
3: I, as a person, don't consider myself to be very religious. However, I grew up in a religious household. Mm-hmm. I'm very familiar with going to church and how important that is to the black community mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I never really saw a lot of, though, was politics in church however there are a lot of church politics that's a different situation entirely we can <laughs> talk about I, that later um but one one i don't i don't even want to call it a pushback i just want to maybe bring up a few points and ask your your opinion on them sure. um i personally don't see unless it's through like unless it's for you know a, a bad reason as in like they've been paid or uh, you know the the governor, they, as an example. You mean yeah, the ministers? Yeah. Well, no, Yeah, if the, if the church or the minister, the ministry, however you know that that gets sorted out. Um, if they have been bribed into letting the person in to speak on an agenda, I, I feel like no one would necessarily agree with that, which is why that would happen behind closed doors. But I think that one thing that I've come to see in a lot of people is that most people aren't politically educated. And I think that bringing people into, especially a place like a church, is a great way to help a lot of people see things, to, to help a lot of people get knowledge from someone. Because in a lot of, in a lot of these situations, there's not really like a book or like it's something that they can go to that's not as easily accessible as a person. So if the goal behind the ministry is to educate their people on current politics or maybe make them more active on the local scene, I don't think that bringing a political person in there for the right reasons is a bad idea. I just think that it's mostly happening now for bad reasons. What's your thought on that?
1: Um, I agree, but what you were saying is not what happens. I think that you're correct. If you, uh, no, I don't. I still don't know if you're correct. Here's what I believe: <laughs> that um, so on a Sunday morning, I have a Democrat, and it's usually Democrats. Uh, Republicans would be afraid, basically, to walk into black churches. Makes sense? Uh, some have, some have. Uh, but when you say so, if you're going to educate me um, about politics, I don't want you to do it with a politician. Mm. If you're going to educate me you're the minister and i'm going to educate you about politics educate me i don't know that bringing in a politician whom you're also asking me to choose this politician is the way to educate me about politics
3: that's fair i I said that's a that's a fair assessment at the very least Um, to your
1: question do we need to be educated absolutely yes Absolutely.
3: Um, there, there are a lot of people, just in my own experience, who, like, when, when Trump was was first running and he was talking about abolishing the uh, Affordable Care Act, or Obamacare, sorry, um, there were a lot of people who didn't understand that Obamacare was Affordable the Affordable Care, Care Act. Act. And all same. these people same were, same, yes. were, they were very, very excited about the tearing down of Obamacare, not realizing that, that means they lose all of their benefits. Exactly. And uh, going back to another, another thing that was talked about is that uh, Trump did tap into uh, angry white men. Yes. But I think the, the – I almost want to call it beauty of the situation is that these people are angry and uneducated because angry, educated people enact change. Angry, uneducated people yell and they they spit words. And normally not much happens for it. So all Trump really did was go to those places and say things they were already saying or act in a way that they were already acting. And that's all it really took. It didn't really need much of anything. And I feel like that same that same group of people wouldn't have been energized by any other candidate because I feel like no other candidate was willing to do that. Not, because that that, not yeah, in that way. Especially not in that way, no. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I, I want to, and I'm sorry I have to cut the conversation short. That's I want okay. to thank you both because this conversation can go on and on because yes. there's, there's so much. We thank really so haven't much. really scratched the surface of this discussion. But I just want to remind us of two things. When John McCain was running, uh, who has now since passed away, um, he was in a town hall meeting and a, a woman who uh, was supporting him stood up and she said that she supported him and why she supported him. And she said she couldn't support Obama because he's in uh, Islam and and he she called him all sorts of things. And uh, Senator McCain, uh, to his credit, stopped her right in her tracks and said, yes, no, did. ma'am, he is not the things you say. We happen to disagree on some, some things, but he is actually a good man.
1: And he walked away and said, I'm not doing that here. Right. I remember
0: and, and uh, he walked away. so um, the, the the people have always had opinions and ideas that have been incorrect. What's different now in instead of leaders uh, taking a stand and uh, replacing uh, an idea that that may have come from someone's feeling with some facts, people are kind of feeding into those. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've grown into their own thing now. And, um, and so what has to happen move, moving forward if we are serious about civility is that we have to have the courage to uh, not just call people deplorables and call them names because we disagree with what they have to say and maybe where they're coming from, but to challenge their their thoughts and discussions in the sense that you know uh, there, is, there is a such thing as the truth. And then there's that something else. So I want to leave the discussion there. Hopefully, we'll have candidates that will help promote the truth so that we can truly have a civil discussion. And in truth, I mean in actual facts, not just the things they agree with, and not just the people they agree with. There have to be changes on all sides. Thank you so much. Mr. Wilder for coming in and kicking knowledge around this table. I appreciate you. I appreciate you being being you. Thank you, Joshua, for coming in and sitting in on discussion. And thank our listeners for um, helping us to do what we do. We've increased our reach phenomenally. We uh, are now a little bit over a year old. And when we started January of last year, we had about A couple of hundred people listening to us. Now we're in the several of thousands. We're in the process of putting together our our REACH report so we can see where we are. And when we get those numbers, I'm excited to be able to share them with you. But let's keep it going. Please continue to support the efforts of talking to voters about the issues that most concern them, reaching people where they are, and also educating each other about the political process. So reach out to us on social media on our Facebook page. Visit our website at pointcast.news. And thank you again for, and also before I forget, Apple Podcasts. We are up there as well. So please take and listen to us. Thank you all for your, your time and attention. And Gail, we are out.